0: Don't you tell me he can't do it. I don't know what wilderness you're walking through right now. I don't know the deepest, greatest need in your life, but God does. And don't you tell me he can't do it. He can meet you at your deepest point of need, and he's here right now. Our wonder-working God is here right now to meet your need. I'm so grateful that we have a God who cares about everything we go through, not only does he care, but he has the power to do something about it. And he's here to meet you in a divine appointment that he planned before the world began. And I don't know where you're at, maybe you're on the other side of the world, worshiping online, God's right there. And he knows what you're going through, and he has the power to do something about it, praise God. I want us to bow together and just thank him and get ready for God to work in your life.
1: Holy Father, we stand before you this morning, and we thank you that you are true to your word. Your word is reliable through and through. We thank you for that, that we can cling to your word. We love you. And we come before you now asking you to open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds to receive your words, your true life-giving words, your words that seem too good to believe sometimes, but you, the truth is you're too good to not believe. That's right. yes. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we are in a faith-building series we're calling Wilderness Survival Guide. All of us have had times in our lives where we feel like we're in the wilderness. And when you're in the wilderness, you feel like you're the only one, don't you? You feel like you're the only one who's ever felt this way. You can be in a big crowd of people but still feel really lonely because you feel like no one understands what you're going through. Well, God does. God understands. He knows exactly where you are. The Hebrew word for wilderness means a dry, desolate, uncultivated place. So if you feel like you're in a dry, desolate, uncultivated place, or you ever have been, or you anticipate ever being in that place again, then this message is for you because straight from God's Word, He tells us what to do when we're in the wilderness, when we're feeling lonely or anxious or depressed, desperate, He's right there for you. And so we're going to look at that today, and the great news is that it's in the wilderness that God does His greatest miracles in us. We think it'd be the opposite, right? That He does greatest work in the good times. No, His greatest miracles come in the valleys they come in the times when we're in the desert. And so God is making a way in the wilderness for you.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, the wilderness is a beautiful place, but it's also a really harsh place. And I don't know about you, but Chris and I have gotten hooked on some of those wilderness survival shows. Like those guys that they uh, put in Alaska and they're living in Alaska and with their bare hands they build log cabins and you know, with their bare hands, they kill a deer, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I mean, we're just intrigued by that. We love the show Alone. You ever seen Alone? You know, it's, it's this series where they put people in the Arctic, you know, all by themselves, and they have to provide shelter, and, and they have to forage and hunt for all their food. And, and we love watching that. Um,
1: we just sit on the sofa, you know, eating popcorn, saying, we'd be dead. We would die. Yeah. That's, we couldn't do it. Not for a day.
0: We would tap out the first day, and then they would come to get us, and we'd be dead. It's as simple as that, you know, but what we found is if you watch a whole season, you're much stronger at the end of the season, because uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and so you just watch that, and and it's amazing, you know, and um, you watch it, and you're so grateful that you're not that dumb to be on that show. It makes you feel so grateful for your life, you know, and you're eating junk food, watching it on television, I mean, this is hard, but you too can survive it. You know, it's so important for us to see that when we're walking through the wilderness of life, that we will survive. For all of you wilderness wonders out there, I've got great news for you. God says, not only will you survive, but he wants you to thrive in the wilderness of life. So I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. And I know this is a promise from God for someone out there today. Would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodland Church? I mean, maybe today you're wondering if you're gonna survive the wilderness of life that you're in right now, God wants to say this to you. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You can be seated. God is saying, you may be in the wilderness of life right now and you may feel like I am nowhere around, but I want you to know I know where you're at and I've got it covered. I'm already making a way for you. God says, you may be in the wilderness right now and you feel like it's a place of no way, but it's okay because I'm already making a way for you. It's not the place of no way. It's the place of God's way. He's already making a way, but here's the key. And this is the part of the passage that God just opened my eyes to recently. I I never realized this until recently, and the whole key is in verse 19. God says this, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Did you get that? In the wilderness. I'm always looking for a way out of the wilderness. I'm always praying for a way out of the problem. I'm always praying for a way out of the situation. I'm always praying for God to get me out of this jam and God is saying, I'm not making a way out of the wilderness, I'm making a way in the wilderness, right where you are. He says, I am bringing streams into the wasteland. What that means is God wants to turn your wasteland into a wonderland because God is making a way in Your wilderness, that means that God works his greatest miracles in your wilderness. But if you're always looking for a way out, you're gonna miss the miracle. So we're gonna talk today about, instead of looking for a way out of your wilderness, cooperate with what God is making in your wilderness. As he's making your wilderness into a wonderland, as he's bringing streams of joy and peace and fulfillment into your life, the wilderness and he wants it to overflow, to change everything around you. God is not making a way out of the wilderness, he's making a way in the wilderness. Now sometimes God does make a way out for us. I love that. When I pray and go, God get me out of this one. And God does it. But most of the time, God is making a way in the wilderness that I'm in, right in the middle of the problem, right in that circumstance, right in that time of pressure. God is making a way in the trial, in the trouble, in the difficulty. And if you don't see that, you're gonna miss the miracle. So our whole message today, and we're gonna have some worship in the message today to help you get these things that God's word says on how we can cooperate with God when we're in the wilderness as he's making a way in the wilderness for us so we don't miss the miracle.
1: And the first thing that we need to see is that God is making a way not only in the wilderness, but in you, in you, in the wilderness. He's making a way in you. You see, in our hard times, my goal is to get out, to change my circumstances. And God's goal, it's different. Of course, God can change any circumstances he wants to. He's the creator of everything. What he really wants is to change me. He wants to change you. Even more than the circumstances, what he really wants to see is he wants to see you and I, his kids, come to be more like him. That's the goal. That's God's goal. Our lives are largely marked by what we remember and what we forget. And I found it's really hard to remember this truth that God wants to make a change in me. He wants to make a way in me. See, when we're in the wilderness, we have really sharp vision, don't we? If you're wandering in the woods and you're lost, you're paying attention to every little sign that could mean that there's been an animal nearby. You're looking for bear scratches on the trees. You are listening really closely to make sure that there aren't any animals or something that might attack you nearby. All your senses are heightened. And when we go through the wilderness times of life, it's the same way. We seem to always respond with our senses. We're listening for every word, every sign that things are gonna, okay, God's making a way. I'm gonna get out of here. I've gotta get out of here. But we forget. We forget the verse that Carrie just read, which is we're told to forget the former things. We don't forget the things, do we? The things are what we're paying attention to. And we end up forgetting God. Forget the former things, God says, but remember me. We need to remember God. We need to remember God and who He is and what He's doing more when we're in the wilderness than any other time in our lives. Just don't forget God. Now, in Psalm 106, the story is recounted of the children of Israel wandering, and it's after they've been gone through the Red Sea, and God has parted that, and now they're searching for the Holy Land, for that promised land, and they're wandering and wandering. And when I read this account, it really floored me. So just just listen. After it talks about all the steps that they'd made, then it says, they forgot God, their very own Savior, who turned things around in Egypt. They found fault with the life they had and turned a deaf ear to God's voice. To me, that was just stunning because I'm reading through this and I think, wait a minute, These are actually the people who walked with their very own feet through through that Red Sea when it was parted. They're the ones that could see the ocean being held back. These are the very people who have tasted manna. These are the very people who saw that cloud lead them by day and the fire lead them by night. I mean, they have experienced God's miracles, and yet they're not doing what he tells them them to do in the moment. And I just thought, what do you mean they forgot their very own Savior who turned things around in Egypt? How is that even possible? How could they find fault with the life they had? Couldn't they see that God would take care of them? He'd been doing all these things for them. And then it hit me. I thought, wow. Wow, God, that is a picture of me. I am the one who No matter how many times God works miracles in my life, I seem to forget about it. And whenever I find myself in the wilderness, I say, yeah, okay, so you did that. So you parted the Red Sea. So you provided food in the desert. But this is different because now I have a medical issue or a relational issue or a financial issue or whatever it is that might be going on in your life. And you say, yeah, God, but I've never seen you do this. And I don't know if you're gonna do it. I don't know if you can. And so we start trying to find our own way out. In other words, we're the ones who forget who God is, and we find fault with the life we live. We say, ah, I'm not going to be here, God. I refuse to stay in this place, and we forget to remember God. Have you ever felt like you're forgetful, just thought you're a forgetful person, or maybe lately you've been thinking you're more forgetful than you used to be? Am I the only one that sometimes goes in a room and thinks, wait, why am I here? Me. What was I doing? What was I'm, I'm I doing I'm in here? I'm raising my
0: hand. they They're liars. But I'm raising my hand here in church. I forget my keys and my wallet every day. I can remember the score of a ball game from 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but I can't remember my keys every single day.
1: True story. Every day. Hey, do you know where my keys are? As he's walking out the door. So, yeah. I'm not telling.
0: You think about. since I'm so in touch with God, he would tell me, but it doesn't work that way. I, I don't know.
1: But that's how it goes, isn't it? We, we, get, and we're, we think, oh, we're just for, I'm just a forgetful person. But I'm going to give you a little test right now. Just to test your memory, okay? Here you go. Can you remember a time that you were mistreated? Can you remember a time that you were criticized? Might have been 30 years ago on the playground, but can you remember that time? Can you remember a time that you were left out? Can you remember a time that you were underappreciated? See Great news. You have really good memories, don't you? I bet there's not a person in here who couldn't think of a time they've been hurt, that they've been wronged. I know that I can pull things up just like that. It could have been a lifetime ago, but yet I still, you know, back back when I was a kid or in high school, all the way through, but I can remember. You can remember every word that was said on that playground. You can remember exactly what that person did to you at work eight years ago. See, We remember the tough stuff. We carry those hurts effortlessly, don't we? It's called carrying a grudge. Grudges are easy to carry, aren't they? I don't even have to try. I can carry a grudge so easily. But how long has it been since you carried a blessing? You carry a grudge, but can you carry a blessing? Can you remember right now a time that someone was unusually kind to you, that someone forgave you and you didn't deserve it? a time that someone reached out to you in generosity when you were desperate. Can we remember the good things as easily as remember the tough stuff? I think the reason that it's easier, much easier for me to remember the wrongs done to me than the rights is because somewhere, although I don't like to admit it, it shows that I guess I think that I actually deserve the good stuff. I mean, okay, I'm gonna be a nice person. Good stuff should happen to me, right? But wrong me, well, there's something wrong with that. That's undeserved. Why would that ever happen to me? And yet I also conveniently forget the times that I've said something hurtful to someone else, the times that I have not forgiven when I should have, the times that I've been slow to forgive, slow to love, slow to be kind, the times that I've seen an opportunity to reach out and help someone and I didn't because out of my selfish motives, I was too busy. All the things that I've done wrong, I conveniently forget. Our memories are a big deal. What we remember and what we forget. If someone cuts you off in traffic, I mean, you're going along and suddenly someone just pulls right in front of you and you slam your horn on and your brakes and you're mad. I mean, you're mad. How do you feel 30 miles down the road when you think of that again? Well, I mean, you can feel your blood pressure rising again, right? You're like, oh, that, I mean, once again, you think, oh, I can't believe they did that. And You're still mad. But what if you are the one that misses the exit? And at the last second, you've got to get over, or you're going to have to go, you know, 15 miles down the road to the next turn. And you need to get over at the last second. And there's a long line, but somebody lets you in. Well, what do you do? You just wave and slip in and go, oh, that's great, and keep going. Are you still thinking 30 miles down the road? Wow, that was so great of that person. Wow, they are so kind. No, we never think about it again. Kindnesses done to us are forgotten, they're brushed off. But wrongs done to us, we carry, we hold on to, we pick that up and we carry it on and on and on. And when you're Ill, in the wilderness, it's really important what you remember and what you forget. And what we need to remember is God is at work in you. Look at this verse in Isaiah. It says, prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth, a highway fit for God. Fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts, clear out the rocks. Then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. Here's the deal. In my flesh, I am the wilderness. I am the wilderness. I have valleys of selfishness that need to be filled in. I have mountains of pride that need to be leveled off. It turns out I am the wilderness that needs to be changed. When I'm in the world, world wilderness and circumstances aren't right, I think change the circumstances. No, God cares a lot more about you than your circumstances. He cares a lot more about your character than your circumstances. He loves you. You know, Carrie and I have four kids and there are lots and lots of times where our kids didn't get their way. If you're a parent, you get that. If you have parents, you get that. No, a loving parent does not give their kids their way. Why? Well, if I have, if there's something that I can do to fulfill a desire of my kids, sure, I'm happy to do that unless I know that actually there's something better for them. There's something that they need in their lives that Maybe they can't see it at the time, maybe they can't understand it, and maybe I'll be misunderstood, maybe I'll be maligned, but that's okay. No, you can't have cookies for breakfast. Sorry, you got a zero on your homework because you left it at home. You know what? They're in third grade. Better to learn that lesson now than when they're in high school or college. You let them sometimes take the hard knocks because you love them, because you know there's something they're going to need more in the future, because you have traveled that road and you know what they're going to need in their lives to come, and you're willing to let them feel pain, cry, feel hurt, know you can't go to the party that every other kid in the school is going to. Sorry. You say the hard no's. You say the yeses. You you respond in a way to make sure that the ultimate goal is achieved, and that is that your child grows to maturity. And in growing to maturity, you're going to be part of that. Now, there's only one way to get there, one way to get to maturity. Physical maturity, when you're born, your body grows, you're a baby, you're a toddler, you're a kid, teenager, an adult, you grow without even trying physically. But spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity is a result of one thing, the one thing that has to take place in the desert, and that is obedience. There's only one, It's the only path to growing spiritually. Spiritual maturity comes from obedience. And that's why you may know a high school-aged kid who is really spiritually mature. Why? Because they have learned the lesson of obeying. And there are a lot of adults I know who are 50, 60, 70 years old, and they are still spiritually babies in their maturity level because they've never learned this lesson, never learned that we have a God and we obey him. The world doesn't revolve around us. Carrie and I have um, our two oldest grandchildren, Ben and Joanna. Ben is in first grade and Joanna is in kindergarten. And so they're brother and sister. And a couple days ago, I got to pick them up from school. It's something I don't usually do. So it was fun for me. I picked them up from school they got in the car and were driving home. And I said, So, guys, tell me about your day. Tell me, what did you do today? What was the high of your day? The best thing. And Ben said, I got 20 greenies. I said, That's awesome. And what's a greenie? And what is a greenie? You got 20 of them, but what is that? And he said, Oh, there are these things. They are super hard to get. They are so hard to get. I said, Well, how do you get them? Well, I mean, you just, there's all kinds of things you have to do to get them. But I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. It's like harder than getting a car. That's how hard it is to get 20 greenies. And I got 20 greenies. I was like, amazing, Ben, you're amazing. Wow. I said, yeah. I've been working on it for a long time. And I said, what do you get for 20 greenies? So, oh, I get to do show and tell on Monday. I said, okay. So I'm figuring out, okay. This is, you know, he must have been doing things. He's, you know, this is, I, I get it. The teacher's really onto to something here. So he has 20 greenies. He's telling me how it's just, you know, it's like he's climbed Mount Everest. He's in first grade. Meanwhile, his sister, who's in kindergarten, Joanna said, um, actually, they're not that hard to get. <laughs> I said, wait, what do you mean? I thought they were harder to get than a car. Joanna said, oh, Um, no, she said, actually, uh, and you don't have to do a lot of things. Ben's wrong on that. I said, wait, what do you mean? Ben said, no, you're wrong, Joanna. No, you have to do, I did all kinds of things to get that. And she said, no, um, you only have to do one thing. Um, All I do, and I have a whole lot of them, is I just listen to the teacher and I do what she says. (laughs) Joanna cracked the code in (laughs) kindergarten. She's done it, and she apparently has this, you know, mile high pile of these greenies. (laughs) And she said, oh yeah, I've done this, this, this with them. And so during the week, Carrie and I have been preparing for this message, talking about it, and I was like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. You see, that's how I feel. I feel like Ben usually, because I think, okay, you know, spiritual growth, integrity, there's so many things, there's so many areas. You mean in my Uh, in my finances, in my relationships, in in every area of my life and dealing. I'm supposed to be doing all these things and wow, this is just hard. And then Joanna just streamlined it, simplified it for me and it's like, no, we only need to do one thing. You just listen to God and obey him. That's it. Just obey. Just obey God. You may be thinking, yeah, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Well, I found that a great place to start is with what I already know. Turns out that I already know a lot of things that I should be doing. It's just sometimes I don't feel like doing it, especially when I feel like I'm in the wilderness. And things like I should be spending time in his word. And you may think, wait a minute, I know, but I open the Bible and there's like these names and places and I don't understand. It seems confusing. I get it. I honestly get this one because I did not grow up at church. I came very late to all of this. And so I can very easily remember opening the Bible and thinking everybody knows what they're talking about. I don't know any of these stories. I don't know, who's Joseph? Who's, the, where, who, where are these people? Who are they? What, how are they relate to each other? I'm telling you, just start. Just start. Start, try reading Psalm 1 and go from there. Maybe a psalm a day. Psalm just means song. They're pretty short. And there's a lot of wisdom there. God will speak to you. Just start, don't let that, uh, the enemy tell you that, oh, this is confusing. This isn't for you. You're God's child. This is for you. He will help you understand. He will make a way. So I encourage you, spend time in his word. Surround yourself with people who are. Do the things that you do know to do. Stop focusing on what is not happening and start focusing on what God is doing. Because this is the secret to staying obedient in wilderness. Thank God for what he's doing while you're still in the wilderness. We think, well, when I get through this, boy, I am going to thank you so much, God. Now start thanking him now. You think, well, wait, I don't have nothing. The thing I want to happen hasn't happened yet, so there's nothing to be thankful for. No, there's always something to be thankful for. There's always something. So stop looking for a way out of the wilderness and start watching and seeing what he's doing while you're in the wilderness. This takes intentionality and discipline because it's a lot easier to keep saying, nope, you still haven't done it. You still haven't done the thing I wanted you to do instead of seeing intentionally looking around and saying, God, what are you doing? What are you doing today? In other words, it's really important when we're in the wilderness to change our focus change your focus from only watching for what he're looking for what he's not doing and noticing that and talking about that start noticing what he is doing the miracles around you how you spend your time in the wilderness really matters when i was at one of the darkest points of my life after some devastating news several years ago i just fell to my knees and god gave me this verse which is psalm 9 verse 1 I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And I thought, God, I can't think of one good thing in this situation. I can't think of one, there's nothing here. But I'm gonna take you at your word, God. I trust you, I'm gonna take you at your word. And so I got a blank book out. And I wrote this verse on the first page. I said, God, I'm watching. Okay, you have my attention. I am watching you. I'm going to write down what you do do. Not what you don't, but what you do. I'm going to watch for your miracles, little miracles every day, wherever they are, wherever they happen. I'm going to watch for them and I'm going to write them down because I know that I have a personal bent toward forgetfulness. I forget the good stuff. Even if I do notice it, I'll forget it. So I thought, I'm going to write this down. And I wrote the date at the top of the next blank page the next morning and said, okay, God, fill it up. I'm going to write down everything you do today. I'm going to write down where I see you moving. And that night, sure enough, there's one little thing I could write down. I said, okay, God, I thank you for this. Okay, do it again, God, do it again tomorrow. Next morning, I get up, write the date at the top of the page. Have this blank page and say, okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm watching you. I am watching for you. You better believe that my senses were heightened they were sharp, and I was watching for God to move. There wasn't a kindness that escaped me. I noticed every little thing and held onto it, clung onto it. Okay, God, that's you. You're moving. Okay. And every night i thank God, say, thank you, God, for today. Thank you. Look what you did today. Okay, let's do it again. Do it again tomorrow, God. Over and over and over. And you know what? This is the key. There it is. It's really simple. Watch for the miracles God is doing in your life. It turns out you're the one that's changed. You'll be different. You are not going to walk out of the wilderness the same person you walked into it. When you walk into a wilderness, you're going to come out different. You're either going to come out more like Christ or less like Christ. And God's goal is for you to become more like his son. And we need to partner with God. The way we cooperate with him in that is we are faithful, obedient. We say, okay, God, I'm going to obey. Just for today, I'm going to obey. Obey day by day. I don't know the big picture. I don't even know about what the rest of the week, but today I'm going to obey you. You do what you know to do, and he will keep showing you the next thing that you need to do. When our oldest son, Ryan, was going to college, he was filling out his admissions. He had the big essay to write, and the question was this. It said, what is your worldview and why? And so Ryan asked me to proof it, and I did. And I, before he turned it in for his college admissions, and I started reading, he said, my worldview is that there is a God, a creator. And he had a son, Jesus Christ. And God gave his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for me, for my sins, because I'm a sinner. And then he rose again, and he's alive in my life. And so the goal of my life is to, tell about him to worship him to become more like him and that was covered like in the first paragraph but then he went on to say this he said I don't believe this because my parents do and I don't believe it because I've ever seen a really big miracle because I haven't I believe it because I have seen a thousand little miracles a thousand little miracles and he went on to say, I remember standing on the steps of the, the, the stairs. I was supposed to have been in bed. It was late one night. And I, my parents, I saw my parents, and they were kneeling in front of the sofa, and they were praying. And they were just, you know, crying out to God. And I was, of course, really interested as a kid. I'm just listening, watching, wondering what they're talking about. And, and you see, my parents had planted a church not long before. There weren't very many people coming. I knew that um, finances were tight, but I heard them praying and just saying, God, we trust you. We believe you. Please provide. Please work in these people's lives. Bring Bring them close to you, God. And he said, and I saw him do it. I saw God do it. I've seen God move. And now this is my faith. It's not my parents' faith. It's my faith because I've seen a thousand little miracles in my life. And so I want you to stand and we're going to sing a song right now. And as we do, I want you to think about what are the little miracles that God has done in your life. I want you to search your mind. Think about the thousand little miracles in your life that God has done and you have not noticed or not thanked him, maybe in the moment. This is a time for you to think about, really internalize this and think about, how has God worked in your life? Let's sing together.
0: You can be seated in the wilderness. Stop looking for a way out and start looking for what God is doing because he says, I'm already making a way. But then I want you to see that in the wilderness, You gotta wait for God. Wait for God in the wilderness. For you see, so many times I pray for a miracle, but I don't stay for the miracle. I pray for a miracle, then I start trying to work the miracle on my own because I think God needs my help. I pray for a miracle, it doesn't happen in five minutes, and I start trying to take matters into my own hands and make a way out of the problem, to fix the situation, to get out of the circumstance, When God says, you wait for me, because I am the way maker, and I am the one who will make a way. so important to see that God says, I'm making a way in the wilderness, not making a way out of the wilderness, but it's most important to see that God says, I am making the way. You're not making the way, God says, I'm making the way. God's the one who's making the way, and that's why I've gotta wait in the wilderness. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. If I wait on the Lord to make a way for me and I don't run ahead of God, then he gives me the power to soar over my circumstances. And the amazing thing is, if I will start looking for what God is doing, what he's making in the wilderness and the miracle that he's making and stop trying to make a way myself, then I receive that miracle, but when I run ahead of God and try to do it myself, then he works the miracle where I used to be, and I miss the miracle. You gotta pray for the miracle, but then you gotta stay for the miracle, but God's making that miracle right there in the wilderness. He works his greatest miracles and our greatest problems, but we wanna get through the problem, we miss the miracle, and so I wait on the Lord. Now, when you wait on the Lord, it doesn't mean you just sit back and kick back, you go, I'm not gonna do anything, God's gonna do it. I'll just let go and I'm gonna let God, so I don't have to do anything. No, you may have to work in the wilderness. You may have to take steps of faith in the wilderness. As Chris said, just listen to God and obey. You may have to keep walking in the wilderness, keep walking in the wilderness, keep walking in the wilderness, and don't give up and don't give in because God's making a way in the wilderness. And he says, I'm doing something new, and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God's already doing it. God's already making a way in your wilderness. You may not see it because you haven't been looking for it. And he says, now it springs up, so that means it starts really small, but then it grows. And it's something great and grand that God wants to do because God always has a plan that's bigger and grander than our plan. And God wants us to move into his plan. And so God wants to make a way in the wilderness. So let him make a way, and you wait for God because he will come through, why? Because he's the way maker. He's the way maker, he's the miracle worker. You can't work a miracle. I can't work a miracle, but God can. But I have to take those steps of faith. So in the wilderness, wilderness wonders, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking in faith knowing that he's already making a way right in the wilderness to turn your stream, turn those deserts into streams, to turn that wasteland into a wonderland for his glory so people can see that he is God, that he is the way maker. Chris is gonna lead us in a prayer. And this is the time where you can just surrender to God, to say, God, I'm sorry for making my own way and making a mess of things. I want you to work a miracle in my mess.
1: Lord, we stand before you as wilderness wanderers. And we're sorry for all the times that we have been beating on the walls trying to make our own way out, Father. And we declare today that you are the way maker. We surrender our lives to you. We look to you to make the way. We know that you are the only way, Jesus Christ, that you are for us. And we open our eyes intentionally. We're going to pay attention as we walk out of here. We're going to open our eyes to see what you are doing. We're going to stop focusing on where we think you should be working or what we think you should be doing, Lord. Who are we? How audacious to be telling you, the God of the universe, what you should be doing, Father, we surrender to you and we watch for how you are working all around us. We declare we're going to see, we're going to see with new eyes. We're going to see the good things and we are going to remember them and we are going to recount them and say them over and over and hold close to you. Father, thank you for the wilderness because we want to be more like you. Father, please continue to make us more like you, more like your son. We love you. In your name we pray, Jesus Christ, thank you for giving your life for us. Amen. Amen.
0: Let's stand together and I want you to sing in faith. I mean, do you believe that he's the Waymaker? I don't know what wilderness you're in, but I know he's the Waymaker, and he will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. Maybe you feel like you're at the place of no way. God says, it's okay because I'm already making a way for you. And all you gotta do is trust me and take that next step of faith because he's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. And we're gonna praise him. And when you thank him in advance, that's called faith. It's great to have gratitude and thank God for what he's done for you. But it's even better to thank God before he does it for you. That's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you know, God says there's not a lot of things that we get to choose in life. You didn't get to choose where you'd be born. You didn't get to choose what country you would be born in. You didn't get to choose who your parents would be. But you get to choose how much you believe God. That's your right as a Christ follower. You get to choose to believe God for everything He wants you to believe Him for. And He says, by your faith it will be done unto you. We get to choose. We're ordinary people. We're ordinary imperfect people. But we have an extraordinary perfect God who wants to do great things in our lives. And He's the way maker. And He will make a way in your wilderness. Let's sing it in faith and let's watch for it this week because He always does what He says. He's the way maker.